you are in the lounge. Okay, it might not look like a lounge lounge, but you know we got some lounge chairs from the lounge, actual lounge, so mm -hmm. we can go ahead with that. So, yes, I am Cynthia LaShawn with the one and only Miss Blades. Yes. <laughs> Deshanae. People will be mixing up her name, but it's Deshanae. Okay. Do you get a lot of people that mess up your name? Absolutely. All my life. But I think I'm, 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 very, I'm used to it by this time, mm -hmm. but you know, when I make it to that status where I'm in like papers and stuff, like there's no possible way you can mess up my name if I'm literally saying Deshanae Blades. So yeah. So for those who don't know you, who is Deshanae Blades? <laughs> I usually I don't like to be the person that talk about myself but if we had to go based on credentials as for like now I'm an author I'm a speaker and I'm an award-winning um I'm an award-winning speaker I'm a mentor and I'm an author um and I'm an MSU student um and I'm so many other things like a child of God um, I'm really into spirituality I'm a mentee I'm a sister, I'm a granddaughter, all of that good stuff, you know. You have a variety that I take of pride, Yeah, that I take that I definitely take pride in. So yeah. So like that is a lot to be. Like at mm -hmm. how old like you're only like 23, 22? I'm twenty two. I'm twenty two. I'm gonna be twenty three in July. Yeah. Okay, ooh, summer baby. All mm -hmm. right. I'm jealous. You can have your birthday in the summer. Yeah. Okay. And whatever. I still don't do nothing for it <laughs> for whatever reason. But that's gonna change when I turn twenty three. I'm gonna really start celebrating me being on this beautiful earth so like you've done so many things and you just grew up to be this amazing versatile person mm -hmm. so where did you like how was you, how was life like growing up like where are you from because uh for you guys to know we known each other ever since our freshman year yeah. college mm -hmm. and i ain't never knew you was not from detroit i am from detroit oh i'm definitely from detroit i went to school in belleville belleville so yeah um, so how was like, like when did you like move from detroit so how was like what was your life growing up like uh, oh my god, my life was, it was a movie. Um, but I was at 15 different schools. People that do know me and know my story know that I moved around a lot uh, due to like my family's financial instability and my parents being divorced in second grade. So after my parents got a divorce, that is when we moved around a lot. But I actually grew up in, to start off with, I grew up in the Brewster Projects, if anybody know about that. And um, they tore them down in 2007. So uh they are not currently standing, but I grew up in Detroit. I currently still go to Detroit. When I go and visit family, I am going directly to Detroit. When um, my grandmother passed away, when I, in 2008, we were living in Indiana again. When I moved with my mom after the divorce and everything, she wanted to stay in Indiana for about three years. But my grandmother's like dying. One of her like dying wishes that they looked after my mom. So my auntie Tina took us in, and she lived in Belleville. So we stayed with our aunt the entire time. So we necessarily didn't have anywhere to stay when we came to Detroit. So our aunt took us in, and she stayed in Belleville. And how old was you when you moved to Belleville? I was in eighth grade, so however, how was I, how was I, 13? Mm -hmm. I was 13, so yeah. Um, but my dad stayed, my dad stayed in a, so we would, we, we would go to our dad, me and my brother, we would go to our dad's house in the summertime. So we would always go back to Detroit when we were staying in the Brewster's Projects. And then when we moved out of there, we stayed on the west side of Detroit on Indian Dale and Davidson. Um, when, you know, when I was 13, so that entire time through high school, when I would go back to Detroit, we were on the west side, so yeah. Okay, first of all, shout out to the west side, ooh, ooh, even though I can't really rep from both sides. So that's like really interesting. So how mm -hmm. was it like, I only been like to three different schools. You went to 15 different schools. Did that, did that affect you? Oh my God, it affected me. I hated, like I love school, but at the same time I hated it because 
you know, when I grew up, I was not the most, you know, I wasn't wealthy at all. We definitely used to shop at uh, Salvation Army, which I hated a lot because I'm just like, why are we, you know, I didn't understand finances at the time when I was younger. So um, we would shop, you know, my parents was like, you know, we got to do what we have to do. And I'm like, all right, I got used to it. But being, you know, not dressing like how everybody wants you to dress, going to different mm -hmm. schools, you just bound to get talked about. And after a while, you just get used to it. Um, I will make friends. It's not, you know, I'm really, I'm the type of person to this day, I'm real cool with everybody, but I always will make friends with girls and then I will leave the school without any like, hey girl, I'm, I'm moving because I wouldn't know. I, when we would just move out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so cell phones were not a thing and social media wasn't a thing at the time. So there was no way to get in contact with, hey girl, like I'm moving. So I wouldn't keep friends. So you I just, just did. Like, to, yeah, because I didn't know. Like we would just like move. And so after a while, I just got used to just leaving. So when I would make friends, I'll just be like, I'll be cool with you to an extent because mm -hmm. I don't want to get too close and not have to leave, you know. So do you feel like that aspect and that moving around and developing that mindset affected affected you how you be, how you are today? With Absolutely, but in a in a great way, in a great way. Now, as far as the friendship aspect, I'm, it's really not now because I, I've changed. Like I said, I've grown spiritually to the point I'm more receptive to friendship. But you know, I'm not the type of person where you see me. You should know that when we mm -hmm. met our freshman year, I was like, yeah, girls, like invite me to some stuff. I'm like that. But when it comes to like the end where hey i i can call somebody three o'clock in the morning i know they're going to be down for me maybe not in that aspect i didn't really i wasn't receptive to that type of friendship because i just was so used to like dipping on people or somebody coming out of my life so i was just like y'all can keep that um but other than that it definitely made me a strong person like i can you know i can definitely uh, i'm very resilient because of it very resilient and we stayed with our dad like my dad was Oh my goodness, he was the motivational piece. That's where I get that from. Mm -hmm. Like my dad had the gift of exploration and I, I do too. I got that from him. So we would take the bus and my dad would like sing songs and like we can make it through. And so when my dad went through the divorce with my mom, he took it much harder than my mom, you know, my mom did because she's the one that left. Mm -hmm. So my dad was the person that was like taking us to like six o'clock morning service, 1045. Like we was at church all day on Sunday. And our dad was very vulnerable. He he cried and he showed us, hey, I'm like, he would tell us, I'm hurting, you know, to be a black man and be vulnerable and say those things. So I was very, um, when I grew up, I always knew that I could make it through stuff because my dad mirrored that. Not, not just saying that, he showed through his actions that you can be at your lowest point and you can still make it through. Because both of my parents have been married twice. Like they both just got married again for the third time last year. So that played a huge part in like the way that I love, like the way that mm -hmm. I work within relationships. Because to me, love is not real. It's like I don't want to go through a Girl, divorce. Yeah, I've been saying this. <laughs> yeah, but again, I've grown spiritually where mm -hmm. I said, you know what, I am going to let somebody love me, and I'm going to love them because I deserve that. So, um, and that's just within growth. When I turned 21, I kind of I changed, or was it 22 when I turned? When I turned 22, that's when I was kind of like, let me fix that. Let me go through a healing process. You know, Iyanla Van Zandt, if you know who she yeah, is. You know, Ivanya. That lady, if I ever see her, I'm going to just bust out crying. Like, Be she like, helped you me fix my life. life. You might not know me, but you fixed she, my no, life. No, she, she helped me. She got a, her show coming out again in March. Really? I cannot wait because she's so powerful. Like, her and Oprah, like, I need to be on a show with them. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like I'm, like, I'm not... I'm not going to diminish like my power, but I'm not going to say they've been through so much where they're they're powerful. But I find myself in between because I'm not as graceful as uh, Oprah, mm -hmm. where I'm like you know, and then I'm not as hardcore as the young. I feel like I'm like in the you middle. You had a balance. 
And I didn't see that too. Yeah, so. so um, I just have to know, like, being from a young age and witnessing a divorce, like, at second grade, right? Second we, grade, yeah. Were you still, you know, you still developing everything. So how, do you feel like, did you end up acting out like some kids? Like, how did you react to that, witnessing that? Mm, uh, I think I acted out more when I would be at my mom's house. Like I, because I, my dad was open about it. So my dad had his side of the story and my mom wouldn't say anything. Mm. She kind of was going like, I'm, you know, I'm always going through the motions. Like, you know, she changed because when I was growing up, we couldn't listen to nothing but gospel music. But as mm. soon as my mom left, I mean, we knew it. I'm like, daddy, you got to see mama. She acting <laughs> out. And so my dad stayed in the church. So mm. my dad would sit us down. He would literally open the Bible and say, hey, you know, my dad was definitely the type. You know, I didn't get a lot of whoopings from my father, but when he did, he was one of those parents where I'm gonna sit you down and I'm gonna tell you why. I want you. I'm gonna give you a heads up on why I'm doing. And I'm a daddy's girl, so I used to crying like crazy. Like I don't even want to hear this speech. But my dad is a talker, like, and that's why I talk a lot. My dad is a talker where he will take you through the process, explain everything to you. So I knew my dad's side of the story, and my dad was being really humble. So I already had a stepdad by like after they divorced. You know. Uh, two years mm -hmm. and he was you know in quote unquote in the world you know how church people like to describe <laughs> it so he was kind of like trying to attack my dad my dad was taking like the human not mind you my dad grew up in a project so he didn't make he didn't mind fighting you boosting but he like out yeah but he was trying to set an example for his kids like look i'm going to take the humility route and they were taking advantage of that so when i would be with my mom i would act out but when i was with my dad I appreciated him. I, I wanted to be a good kid when I was there. I wanted to, you know, and I, either way, parents, I always had my personality where I was goofy. I like to dance mm -hmm. and stuff. So I never just, I'm so glad you're asking me these questions because it just reminds me that I've always had this spirit of life is, you know, no matter what, life is fun. You can still laugh through. I never was a depressed kid that just was like, I want to fight somebody because I'm going through so much. I still found some way to say, it's gonna be okay because that's I just feel like yeah, that's that what my dad is. taught me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was kind of like you know things will work out. So I just had that mindset. Wow, like mm -hmm. wow, I never knew that. That's really like interesting. So mm -hmm. okay, that was like middle school. Did you still carry this like duality when you was in high school? So when you got to Belleville, you went to high school in Belleville, mm -hmm. and you went there for all four years, or you still switched? All up? four years, and that was a privilege for me. Like I couldn't believe that I knew the same people for four years because I'm so used to like. You, there's people that go to this school that I went to school in fourth grade and I seen them again when I got to, like I seen them on the bus. I'm like, I haven't seen you since fourth what? grade. Yeah, that happens to me all the time because I go to a school and I leave without mm -hmm. saying anything. Like I, you know, I wouldn't know, but eighth grade, oh my God, like this. I tell people this story, but eighth grade, something happened to me where uh, I was in eighth grade and you know, I went to so many different schools. Eighth grade was school number 14 by eighth grade because high school was school number 15 obviously i've no count michigan state so by school number 14 i already knew who to i could look at you and say that's the popular kid that's the nice girl like i knew because it was like the same type of kids at each school so somebody asked me a guy i was real cool with asked me like yeah Deshanae, why you don't ever sit with us even though i was cool with him i said could you sit with the popular kids i don't mess with them like they like to pick on people like mm. so I'm, I'm gonna sit by myself i don't want to get into that for some reason, I let him convince me to sit with the popular kids. Uh -huh. Mind you, I shopped at Salvation Army. So this day, you know, I had, you know, I was growing in eighth grade and I had like floods, you know, what we call floods. And I can genuinely talk about the story because 
I'm you out here. Now. I'm popping out. <laughs> I, I know how to dress. I, I'm doing very well for myself, but I didn't dress well. Um, I shot that Salvation Army and I had floods on. Decided to sit with the um, cool kids. And this guy just randomly shouted out like, why are you flooding about? We was in Belleville. You know what Belleville looks yes. like? Everybody there is wealthy. Everybody grew up yeah, with the big same houses. kids. They got big houses. And so I never invited nobody to our house because even though my aunt had a nice house, it was smaller than everybody else's. Mm. So I would keep to myself or whatever. And I was like, cool with that. Only the guy that spoke to me knew what my house was like that. But I would never invite him, you know, in or anything like that. But he just shouted it out. And like, I'm talking about two whole lunch tables busted out laughing i was distraught because i i was already used to getting talking about but like not to that capacity mm -hmm. you know i tried to hold my tears and i go to the bathroom and soon as i get to the bathroom like my eyes are like blush i read because i am i'm just so angry and at the time in eighth grade i was like on a spiritual path where i was like really trying to like speak in tongues trying to get mm -hmm. to know god and I just remember, I remember this vividly. I remember looking at myself in the mirror in the bathroom and like, God, why do you keep letting this happen to me? And I was just so upset. And I just told myself in that bathroom, I said, never again. Like, I, I'm like, I swear on everything. I am going to prove everybody wrong. Ever since then, can't nobody tell me nothing. I'm sorry. I, I have okay, my mistakes. Okay, yeah. Yes. I love him. That's crazy. But, like, honestly, like, I make a lot of mistakes. And, and like you was telling your friend that I am a down-to-earth person. I would tell somebody, I'm, I don't think I'm perfect. If you ever meet me, you know I'm a down-to-earth type of person. I'm, You know, I don't drink and I don't smoke, but I don't disassociate myself from certain people. Like, I'm real cool with everybody. But, honestly, like, I just feel bad for anybody who ever tried to come in my path trying to stop anything that I feel like is destined for me. Rocky Balboa 3, I don't know mm -hmm. which one, but my favorite quote is, it's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. And I literally live, I live by that. So when I do get knocked down, I'm telling you, I will cry. You know, maybe in my room I will cry and I I'm, I'm, I'm can just visualize myself fighting to get back up, but I will get back up. Like, it's not a question to me, well, I will get, get back up. I will get back up. And that's just the mindset that I have. And so it was literally that moment in eighth grade where I said, y'all got me messed up now. Okay. Because it's, I'm like, it's something about me. At the time, I'm like, it's something about me that I keep getting attacked. And I don't think it's just because I don't wear the best clothes or mm -hmm. I don't come to school. You know, I was a town boy too. So I didn't really care about my appearance as far as a woman. So, you know, and I've been through stuff in college. People be trying to knock you down. And I don't trying. understand. Yeah, they... And I just be like, you know what? I still have to fight to get back up. And now at 22, it's no way. You know, you might see me, you know, stumble just a little bit. But you get might back see me shake me up just a little bit. Trust and believe. I'm going to get back up. And it's no question about it. So that's my my experiences, you know, have helped me to come to this, this moment, you know. So yeah. I'm just curious about the younger day Shanae. Mm -hmm. So like... And put one sentence each phase. In one sentence, how would you describe elementary dejeuner? Elementary dejeuner. I was smart. Um, I wasn't, you know, I was probably shy kindergarten and preschool and kindergarten. But by first grade, I was talkative. I just talked, you know. I like to create dances for my parent, my parents and my grandparents so I was real like how I am now I just didn't recognize it at the time I was a kid you know so middle school day Shanae. middle school day Shanae, I was going through 
an identity crisis. You know, I told you about eighth grade. You know, we all go through identity. Mm -hmm. If you ask anybody, middle school was was slow <laughs> That's to hell. Don't forget about the black kids who use the straight hair with the comb and everything. We all skaters and. <laughs> I didn't have my space, so y'all can't find no, no stickers on me going through my identity crisis. Now, my mama got a whole book full, of, and I tell her, burn those pictures, please, Why, but please? she won't do it. No. Yeah, she won't do it. She's like, no, you need to look at your growth, because honestly, like, the fact that I did two pageants in college blows everybody's mind mm -hmm. in, in my family. Like, you were a tomboy, you know. So, middle school, Deshanae was, was coming into um, trying to figure out how can I get over whatever that that thing was mm -hmm. um and then that eighth grade moment happened in high school i still i still struggled with certain things um it wasn't until junior year shout out to darius gregory um we were actually we met each other in eighth grade but we wasn't cool like that we didn't get real cool until junior year and i was just was talking to him one day and he so happened to have like a very similar story that i that i had so if you do know him if you've seen him on college campuses you really can't really you can't catch him like not dressing well mm -hmm. and so we had like the same mentality where we got talked about about the things we wore so we made it like you know what we gonna okay, do we I'm gonna make sure nobody be trying to yeah and it wasn't necessarily get it we wanted to find our own identity and we you know he actually to start off with he did a much better job at me as you know starting off with because he kind of inspired me to do it and after a while i still find because i can still find pictures from freshman sophomore year in college where i'm like what was I doing? Hey, like it was college. It was yeah, like, it was no, but years. but still, it was a couple of years ago. But that still mm -hmm. is a testament to like how quickly I grow. And I put on my Instagram last last post. I said I'm a genius, and a, and I believe a genius is a person who just learns from their mistake mistakes much quicker than their counterparts. Mm -hmm. You know, Steve Jobs is no different than anybody. Mm -hmm. um, What's you know Bill Gates? No, I mean mentally he on a whole other different level. But he's, he's no you know certain people are no different than. Most of us are no, all of us are no different than the next person. It's like when you're a genius, you just learn from mistakes much quicker. So when you say mm -hmm. you was going through an identity crisis, like you just didn't know exactly who you were and... I was not, I wouldn't say I didn't know who I was. I was trying to be confident in who I was. So for me, in my gut, I knew who I was, but it was battling between what people accepted and, mm -hmm. and, and trying to find my way. So my dad was one of those people who, my dad would literally come in the room, two in the morning, this was more elementary, come in the room, we would be knocked out sleep. And I just remember he would pray over our heads and pray. Girl, my dad was growing up with a Christian household. I yeah, but my yes. dad was mostly, he took the things that he was going through. And my I remember my dad would always say, God, if you don't do it for me, do it for my kids. And so I get so emotional when when I do great things. And I want to tell my dad because, it, mind you, if you talk to my dad, like if he was sitting right here, he'd be like, I already, I already knew that. <laughs> I, already, I already knew that. It's like people come to my dad and be like, your daughter is Deshanae Blaze. And I don't even know. Like, honestly, I think the things I do is like, all right, this is something I want to do. I don't think it as big as other people make, make it seem. So when people come to my dad and say, your daughter is Deshanae Blaze. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, she did this. He's like, I already knew that. Like, like I knew my kids, you know, they're my seed. Like, so my dad prayed over us with the expectation mm -hmm. that we were going to do great things. And so my dad would tell me this and I would cry. You know, when I lived in Indiana, my dad stayed in Detroit. So when I wanted to run away and I wanted, I didn't want to be there, what I'm going to do? The, the drive was five hours. So what you think I'm going to walk to my there? Yeah, so I would... <laughs> 
you know, I didn't have a cell phone at the time. My mom, you know, at the time would pick and choose when we could talk to our dad. Mm -hmm. So when I did talk to my dad, he like, look, get through. And I would take just a little bit of um, motivation and I would carry it with me and say, all right, Dictionary, you remember what your dad said. You kind of like, sometimes your, what your parents say is goals. So when you're growing up, your parents say, oh, this pot is hot or whatever. And sometimes you got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you kind of follow what your parents taught you. So because my dad said it to me, it was confirmation. But I had to find it in myself to be like, all right, do you really believe you're great? Do you believe you're really more? So like, yeah. And then you mentioned that you said you was battling with who you knew you was supposed to be, what other people was telling you. So you was like negative people. Mm. What were they saying and who was the people? They were saying like, oh, you're not going to be nothing. Or what was that? I what are you talking about when you say that? Like, I, You know how rappers come out of there and be like, my teacher told me. I, was, <laughs> I don't oh, really know people teach us stuff. Um, I don't, people would say little things here and there. They they never was very direct with Deshanae, you never going to be anything. Or they'd be like, like, that's nice. Or be give you that little... But I never talked about my goals loudly. It was more like people just come and, and just say mean things. Like, say I came and I was like, girl, this, shoe, this shirt is cute, but you could have did better. It was like subliminal things like this. And just like when we were talking about your, your friend, your now friend, you wasn't even paying attention to sis. But she internalized mm -hmm. you not paying attention to her. So for me, I already felt like I wasn't, you know, much on top of people couldn't get my name right. So for me, that wasn't, you know, at the time, now you don't get my name right. It's like, no, you know, because we go to Michigan State University, I don't get international students' names, names right all mm -hmm. the time. So I understand that it's hard. Um, and then come on now. My name is Deshanae. And my sister's name is Brianna. Brother name is Calvin and Terry. I don't know why my mom decided to get real fancy <laughs> we when she, yeah, we're going to do something special on a second kid and then go back to just regular <laughs> names. I don't know how to put it. Um, Because I was a tomboy, you know, people kind of like the love and basketball scene when mm -hmm. she was like, you know, if you do something to your hair, you'll be a little cute, you know, right. or when, when the girl came and she was like, oh, your hair look cute, knowing the girl was lying to her or whatever. It was kind of like stuff like that. Um, and so, that's mm -hmm. middle school Deshanae. Now, who was high school Deshanae? High school, I was I was <laughs> trying to find my confidence where it was kind of like, because I played basketball, so like, I'm the type of girl that like argue with dudes. Like, I just put up 22 in one game, blah, 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 <laughs> and argue, you know, not argue, but like, like a fun debate. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I still stay to myself. You know, I still was cool with people. I had uh, about two girls I talked to when I came to school. But I never let it get to the point where I, you were my friend, where my family knew you. And, you know, my sister will always bring people around. My brother will bring people around. But me, it's like, no, that's somebody I go to school with. Mm -hmm. So when I went to school, it was about being in school. I took AP classes. I took honors classes. So it was about... I didn't hang out in the hallway. I didn't hang out and see what people's doing. I bell ring, get my stuff, I go to class. But I wasn't, it's not like I'm quiet, but people knew who I was. But nobody yeah. knew your business. I didn't have any, you know, <laughs> business. I didn't really have any business. And I didn't know anybody else's business. People come to me now like, you might know she had a bae. I'm like, I'll I I be, be doing my own thing. Do, I don't do drama. Like, I would hear random stuff. But my senior year, I worked in the office. And so a lot of people mm. knew me from working in the office after that. Me and Darius worked in the office. Mm. So uh, everybody knew us for, like, oh, who's kind of challenging the status quo by dressing up every day and working in the office. That was that was about it. And then that's when I was really coming into my own. Like I quit basketball. I said, I'm 
I'm not doing this for real. Like, I'm about to do this in, in long term. So let me focus on what I want to do. And we both got accepted into Michigan State University. And we both was like, oh, it's time. It's time. I said, as soon as I get on this campus, I'm I'm effing it up. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm, I'm going to mess some stuff up. So college always been a goal of yours. Like, it wasn't. It was an expectation in my household. Mm -hmm. My parents didn't go to my parents actually. My mom's in college now, and my dad was in college. Like he took a break for some time, so they didn't go to college until. So we're technically first generation, and so my parents, y'all going to college? Like that wasn't a question in mm -hmm. in my household. It was like, an expectation. Like y'all going to school? <laughs> yeah, you know. And mm -hmm. I I used to get although I I moved around to different schools. When I was at a school, I always would get perfect attendance. Mm -hmm. Like I always would go to school like. You sick? Here's some Nyquil, and then I right, like, yeah, I didn't like missing school, cause you know missing school, you come back, teachers like, all right, you missed this, you missed this. I missed school one time, and I said never again. I don't care if I'm sick. I, I'm a, I'm gonna have to get up, cause I'm not about to catch up on this work. So, um, when you got to college, did you have any issues, or you just went straight through? Like, how was? Was, it, was college with your ex exceeded your expectation, or didn't meet your expectations? Like. Girl, by the time I, my freshman year, I said, I don't care if it's hard. I'm dictionary place. By that time, by the time I, like, went through summer of, like, really internalizing things, when I when I literally put my foot, I didn't I didn't visit the school. Like, I visit U of M, and I'm like, something about this campus that I it don't like. It didn't buy. Yeah, I said, it's real dry here. It was, <laughs> I'm going to go with Michigan State. So, I never came. The first time I came here was AOP. And then we, and we took a tour, and I said, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I it, said, this, it this is, is it. Mm -hmm. Then I came early because I worked at Sparty's. Couldn't stand Sparty's, but came early. <laughs> you did I work at Sparty's. Girl, yes. I remember I, now. Jesus, never again. Um, after that, I said, you know, I don't I do not do labor work. <laughs> I don't do this, this type of stuff. I'm going to go work in the office. Oh, but for those of you who don't know, Sparty's is like a convenience, convenience store on campus. campus. Yeah. Hey, if you needed money, if you didn't work in the cafe, you worked at Sparty's. And, and, and Working at Sparty's was better than working at the cab. Yes. But uh, by the time, like, when I stepped foot back on this campus, I took, like, a long walk. I just walked around by myself because I was here early for Sparty's or whatever. So I was maybe here three days earlier than everybody else. And I said, oh, yeah. I get the – for me, it was a start over. Like, nothing mattered from high school. Nothing mattered in my past. I said, I'm by myself, you know. This, the, the money that I made from my office – from the office job, I pay for everything. Mm. Like, seriously. And when people came to my open house, like, family, because I didn't really invite students. Like, I didn't... If I don't mess with you, like, for real, mm -hmm. I don't invite you to anything. Like, I probably got $100 out of the whole open house. And I used that money plus the money I saved. And I bought everything for my room. Now, everything is my responsibility. It's no more blaming anybody for anything. You know, everything is my responsibility. I'm by myself. So yeah, me four point in my first first semester here. It's like people throw around tunnel vision, but like no, when I say tunnel vision, I don't care what everybody else was saying outside of that. Then I did the pageant. Like I was trying different things. I was very involved in the business college and the organizations. So you was it was easy for you to adapt to everything. Cause I, for me in for my you, mind, for yeah, for me in my mind, I don't have a choice. Mm. It's it's either do. There was no or. There was literally do. Like it was. It was literally nothing else. And then after that, I, I began to grow. I did the R rate sophomore year. R rate Miss mm -hmm. Black and Gold. I cried with Miss Black and Gold because I was still a low key, still a tomboy. So like when they we was in practice, like oh Dechanel, you gotta walk like this. I'm like I don't want to walk like that. Like I don't. I didn't want to wear rings, like earrings or anything like that. So the fact that I won was like 
it wasn't the competition. It was like more than that. And I, I, I'm really thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful for all the opportunities I had on this campus to, mm -hmm. for people to notice me. But that's not why I did it for people to notice me. It just so you happened. For yourself. Yeah, it just so happened that, that I got what notoriety out of it. That's that's really it. But other than that, I did it for myself. So it sounds like your first two years was just lit. Like first, you I remember you was everywhere freshman yeah, year doing the most. And then sophomore year, you was and I remember when we was talking before we started recording. Said mm -hmm. like sophomore year was your busiest year. Busiest year. You, RA. And then what happened junior year? Junior, junior year, you kind of just like chilled out and everything. Junior, you said RA. I was more huh? We said RA. Junior mm, year? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> You know how that goes. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, junior year, I read a book called, before I hit my junior year, I read a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yes. Changed my life because it talked about managing, not managing your time, but managing your priorities. So, when I kept, gathered all my priorities, going to certain things I used to go to and showing my face, those were not priorities to me. It didn't fit into my purpose or my mission statement at the time. Mm -hmm. So, it was all about being by. At the time, I was just the vice president of National Association of Black Accountants. Yeah. It was, uh, did I do the case competition my freshman? Yep, I did a case competition. I did Toastmasters speaking. I started to do impactful things. Not, hey, I, I want people to see me. And that, at the time, it wasn't my purpose. Eventually, it was like, oh, let me show my face because people expected me to be there. Yeah. Now it's like, no, if it don't fit in this mission statement, then it ain't got nothing to do with me. Okay. And so I saved a lot of time. I did well with my grades as I expected to do. I picked up my minor, you know, AAA. which triple AS, which definitely played a huge part of my black identity. I wish I learned that in high school and it would help a lot. And for those who don't know, triple AS is African American and African studies. Some people say Africana because yes. they want to be extra. <laughs> so, and then, so, Junior seemed like the more, after the book, like, changed your, shifted your, your mindset. The book came out of nowhere, to be honest. The it, book was like... But that's I, one of the, a good book. I read it in high school, and mm -hmm. it really... I didn't, I didn't finish it. Mm -hmm. because I, it was in the library. But I remember just looking over it, and it really... I feel like at the time, it really gave me enlightenment. And I was mm -hmm. just like, wow, like... That's a book I definitely recommend reading, especially her book. We're going to mm -hmm. get into that later. Mm -hmm. But um, so, yeah, junior year, you just start being more manageable of your time. Mm -hmm. And then we get into your fourth senior Not year. Not necessarily time, my priorities. priorities. My, my, I was already good with time management. I was good at that was priorities, priorities. what matters, you know. And, that, and part of that meant family. That's why I mentioned... Uh, I'm not just an author. I'm not just, I'm a daughter. I'm a granddaughter. Because those are the roles that I play in my life that actually mean something. Not somebody who show up as somebody event to be seen. That's mm -hmm. not a priority at all. So therefore, if I got the time to show up, I'll do it. But if, if I didn't get these things done, then everything else going to have to wait. Mm -hmm. So then what happened then you got to your fourth <clears throat> senior year? Senior year, um, because my junior year, I was mentoring students, like mm -hmm. seriously mentoring them, where I would literally meet up with them every Wednesday and focus on healing space. We used to do this healing space for like 15 minutes. Everybody could just vent about what was going on in their life. And then we would tackle certain things like leadership, uh, family relationships and stuff like that. And then after a while, you know, people go through ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So when you mentoring 10 students, you're going through 10 different roller coasters with students. So I started to get frustrated with them. And I'm like, look, y'all, either y'all going to be dedicated or you're not. But everybody wasn't on this, like, mentality. mentality, even though that's what the group was created for. <clears throat> so I said, okay, I need to impact more students. And I said, oh, I got to put in a book. And that's how the book came about. Because at first, somebody was like, oh, this ain't going to be author. Like, people think I'm going to get my PhD, but little do y'all know, I'm not going back to school after this. <laughs> I'm not okay, getting my master's. Okay, I do have master's. to ask this. 
if somebody offers you, I will pay your grad school. No, as well. Why? I'm not, I, you know, I'm you not. know, it's crazy. I want to give me the money for something else. I legit I'm, thought like she's gonna go to grad school. She gonna get her PhD. Everybody always used to when I would come. People would meet me and already have like what they think I was gonna do. So people thought I was gonna get my PhD. Um, and I just, people thought I was going to join a sorority. Like a lot of things people thought I was going to do. And I'm just like, no, again, back to what is my mission statement? Not what, what's everybody else's. So somebody told me that I was going to be an author. Now this was like a mentor and I was like, I ain't got time to be an author. And then the, the author thing came, just came about. It wasn't, I don't do these things for credentials. So people think I'm a great person. It's literally fits in my purpose and my mission statement. So yeah. So like what was a pivotal moment where it's just like, I'm going to start writing on this book. What was like a pivotal moment? Like, let's get this started. I'm going to do this. Honestly, when I just made up in my mind that I was going to do. And when know? was this your junior year, senior year? going into my senior year so September I downloaded a Google Doc on my like I didn't even know Google Doc had an app that you put on your phone I just thought it was on yeah so I senior year I downloaded Google Doc and when I was in classes the ones honestly that I didn't pay attention to I'm not gonna lie some classes I'm like uh like an ISP class where I'm just like whatever I just be in there like oh that's a good idea oh and I would just write and then I always put time to decide to just write about different, uh, you know, just going with the motions of my book. And then I was a part of Leadership. Uh, if anybody know about Leadership, it's just mm -hmm. like something you do after uh, school time is over. They pick about 50 students to go through this week process of really just honing on your leadership skills. And I met a guy there who was a, uh, happened to be a Michigan State professor. And he ended up being an English professor. So when I finished the book, I sent it to him. And he didn't critique the grammar or anything. He critiqued the content. Mm. And it helped me. Um, and I sent it to like Dr. Maybank and I sent it to uh, uh, Murray Edwards. Mm -hmm. I sent it to Scott Westerman who actually forwarded the book, Alumni Association Vice President. And those are the people that was kind of like, you know, made it better quality. Cause to this day, I still haven't yet to hear bad reviews on the quality of the book. Maybe like, oh, put less lines or something like that. But mm -hmm. the quality, the content of it is pretty good. And that's not just me saying it cause it's my book. It's just, uh, feedback that I've gotten. So, what are things to know, like getting published and everything? So, how did you get into being published? You have the physical, you have physical copy as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, how was like? Okay, you went through all these people and everything. So, how did you end up getting published? So, um, it's called Create Space. So, Amazon has a free publishing company up under Amazon, and so I just took advantage of that. Uh, of course, when I say I literally spent ten dollars on my book. Because there's there was an app that's that helped that actually designed the cover of my book. So there's this girl who don't even live in the country designed the, the front cover of my book. Like came up with the idea. Like she, you know, I just told her the colors and everything. Like resources, y'all. Resources are everything. So when you are aware of these resources, it it made the process for me much easier. The only bad thing that happened with my book is the. The week before I was about to publish it, my computer dropped and I lost the whole thing. I couldn't believe it. I said, the devil is working. <laughs> I, would have I been couldn't sick. believe it. I cried, girl. I cried and I cried. Because I didn't I cried. And mm -hmm. um, they were like, so what Best Buy told me, uh, was it Best Buy? Yeah, Best Buy, what's, what's the little place? You know what I'm talking about? They fix the computers and stuff like that. Geek Invest Squad. Like Geek Squad. They like, yeah, I we got about that. They had to ship it out to for two weeks. They had to ship out mm -hmm. my computer to 
taxes, I think, to get the whole thing fixed. But they told me you're not going to get your files back because what you dropped it on. But that's going to cost you an extra like three to five hundred dollars money I didn't have. Somehow I found the I found the file in my email, but it didn't have all the fixes. No, I found the file in my this app that I had because I had a lady who also didn't live didn't live in the state. She checked over my work as far as grammar and stuff. She still had that file that um file with her. So I contact her and that's how I got it back. Wow. Yeah, I was scared. I was I was I was I was so ready to fight some. I couldn't fight nobody because I'm the one that dropped. But my somebody had one thing. Oh yeah, I was like, come on, square up right now. Yeah. So that's the only bad thing that happened during mm -hmm. the process. It was hard at times. Because when you're asking for feedback with mm -hmm. busy people, they don't get back to you, and you like, all right, y'all forgot who I am. I'm Dayshane Blaze. When I don't, when you, oh, you I will walk over you. I will no. I was actually fixing my shirt, but, ah. <laughs> but when when you when you're not responding within a week, I don't play. I don't play because I don't play with nobody else's time. Just okay. like when you text me, I responded in less than thirty minutes. She was quick, y'all. Yeah, I don't you. I don't play with people's time because I value my time. Just like if I'm dating a man, don't play with me now. Oh, don't. You need to value my time. Everybody like. I've set standards for my life where if you don't, you know, and they're not crazy standards. It's like if you don't fit within these standards, there will be consequences. Okay. So I go over people like, you know, all due to respect, but I'm going to talk to the next person because we got to get this moving. You know, you, you, people don't look at your deadlines and be like, I got to move. You have to look at your deadline and you have to move. Uh, what other things people should know if people want to publish a publish book? Publish a book. Um, be patient because I didn't really have a deadline. Well, it was kind of a deadline, but sometimes it will be, give it a reasonable deadline. Because there will be days I didn't look at my book and I would be so distraught. I'm like, oh, I didn't write in my book today. And, you know, I would talk to this guy about it. He's like, Dayshanae, calm down. You know, all things mm -hmm. always work out. Listen, listen. If somebody give you feedback, listen to the feedback, especially if they're going to be your target market don't be like yes no i wrote it this way and it's the way it's gonna it. say yeah, i said yeah. what i said so be like i love what you talked about you love being around people who are open-minded i'm the same way so when you're doing something new whether it's starting a business whether it's starting anything that you're going to be that's going to be your baby like this lounge thing is your baby you got to be open to mm -hmm. to feedback constructive feedback don't get nobody in your space where nobody i don't even like you so i'm gonna say everything you know or bad they about. just a hater no everyone's not a hater everybody's not a hater but Everybody. you got some you got some haters okay. though you gotta watch out for them but yes. you gotta identify haters because there's haters and there's people who's going to give you constructive feedback and a lot of times haters don't ever come to your face and tell you the stuff they usually just in the background and somebody's being a messenger mm -hmm. and telling you oh um this person said this. You know, haters usually don't don't have the. I'm trying to find a better <laughs> word. They don't have the the guts the guts to come to you and be like. And I probably because like they they uh, and I sure they probably don't respect you too much or don't really feel like I'm gonna take you you respect me too much to come by. It's it's either or. It's, yeah. It's, ain't no it's no telling what their intentions. So. Thank you for them gems and everything, because I know I'm trying to like write and everything. And I can just really be hard on myself. Mm -hmm. Like, darn it, I didn't do it. But I, like you said, like it just take your time. Because mm -hmm. I was listening to with Solange, she was talking about her seat at the table album, and she said it took her eight years. Mm -hmm. And she said like she just took her time with it. And you see what happens when you take your time. Mm -hmm. You create the best work, mm -hmm. and it speaks for itself. Yeah. Compared to like we can relate to sometimes in the music industry. You know what I mean? People who just be putting out music. Some people can mm -hmm. master and put out great content. People who Some just constantly put like out that. stuff. 
and just be like, I could tell you. And now I saw artists, I can listen, I could just tell you just rushed through that. You didn't put For no what? time. For what? For what? Now it's just another mm -hmm. song out there nobody really gonna listen to. Yeah. And but you could tell a different somebody took their time or something. People care about results. They don't care about it's kind of that quality am I doing that? quality over quantity. Yes. yes. So oh I got five hundred songs out, but all of them are trash. Moving on. So right. it's kinda like you gotta I agree with you. Take take your time. That's why I say you gotta be patient with yourself. Although when do people do ask me, it took me about I started seriously started in September and to September of what year? September of 2016. I finished of August of 2017. Oh wow, that's so that's yeah. Time. Mind you, the 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 workbook is a hundred pages. Mm -hmm. Technically a hundred pages because you know with incoming college students, you don't give them a whole book when they already getting a book at AOP that they're threatening us to read that and you don't and you have MSU, to read. You don't. They do not test you. They never speak of it I again. I was shocked because I actually read that book. Nah, trying I didn't to read it. trying to go crazy on it. <laughs> And everybody around me is like, they should stop reading the book. You don't have to. And I'm like, y'all gonna be looking dumb in English? No, I was looking dumb because like we, we not we, about we like we not gonna discuss. We not go, oh, okay. Yeah, they only said something at the freshman commencement thing, and that was about That's it. it. Published author, award winning speaker, and mentor, which we're gonna talk about more later on. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that could be intimidating when dating? I've like only dated one guy in my entire life, and he's he's still in my life. Mm -hmm. So this this guy, he's already he got his own thing going on. So mm -hmm. you know, a, a queen could never intimidate a king, and a king could never intimidate a queen. So that's that's nothing. And I can spot an insecurity guy from a, like just like you can spot somebody insecure from a mile away. But I met actually I meet men all the time that are just flattered by that. They actually don't. From from my experience, they don't get intimidated. Mind you, I'm more attracted to older men, so mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I've never really talked to guys my age. So Why? they they be really into stuff like they really love that. So yeah, I mean, it is different. It definitely is a difference talking to an older guy compared to a guy your age. Mm -hmm. So why do you feel like it is that? Do you feel like you cannot connect with guys your age? What's been the issues? I never like could. I probably could flirt with them, but I never could see myself dating. A guy my age, like, never. Um, it just never happened that way. I've always been that way. Like, I didn't I didn't date until I was, like, 19. Like, date somebody. For like, real. Like, took them. Yeah, took them. I've been on dates before, but I didn't date someone that I took them serious until I was 19. So, but guys, they were never my age. Like, I've I just always been that way because I just matured very quickly. Mm -hmm. Mind you, when my parents got a divorce, my dad literally said... It was kind of like I had to step it up as being like, I don't know why my dad would say weird stuff like that. Like, you're now the princess of the house or whatever. So I kind of just, you know, when I'd be at my dad's house, he treated me like I was an adult. And it, it didn't damage me. It was it was kind of like, you know, just me and my brother. So I didn't have to take care of my brother. It was more like, we good. You know, we walked to school. You know, even living in a project, we walked to school. We was good. We had a key. Like, y'all straight. Yeah. We were straight. We were straight. Like, our dad set high expectations for us, and it was kind of like, y'all good, you know? So, one thing I like that you have so much insight and knowledge mm -hmm. and everything. You say, like, you could spot some trash a mile away. A mile away. So, for our trash, young, trash. So, for our young queens, you know, being out here and everything, what are certain signs you feel like, you know, they should, they should know or things you have peeped and be like, oh, no. 
sweetie. We all can. Women can. Now, because some, some can't. No, they just can be, be acting dumbfounded because everybody, everybody has intuition, and women, most importantly, have a strong intuition. We just, we just choose to ignore it. I've ignored my intuition plenty of times, and it has never done me any justice. Um, I would say that. I mean, yeah, there may be some women like, oh. I mean, I've heard some women say some really crazy things. I'm not perfect with relationships. Mm -hmm. Like I, to this day, I'm probably not going to give relationship advice because when I say I'm, I am still learning. Like I'm learning, so I'm not the one. Like I can talk to you about my experiences, but I'm not the one to be like, girl, you shouldn't do this. Girl, yeah. you shouldn't. Like you know, a girl, you've met women where they've they left, they do, and they get to crying about it, and then as soon as they go back to them. Don't be that friend that be like, are you stupid? Because if you ever liked the guy really bad or loved them, you know how hard it is mm -hmm. to not go back, depending on what it is and what is what it is that you're going back for. So I, I just say when we when we're supporting our fellow sisters to be more supportive and understanding mm -hmm. if you have that experience. Because back in the day, eighteen, I could never talk to somebody about a relationship because I didn't. I didn't really care for him, you know? So. And I definitely, like, when you were talking about, um, yeah, I don't believe in love. I'm going through that. I don't know. I said it don't exist. I didn't believe in love. I didn't. I, I believe in I'm not I know about any arguing. I don't know about any of that stuff until I got older. But um, that's what I saw. So I'm, I, I had an aunt who was married for 10 years. And I'm like, oh, I thought my aunt and my, my uncle at the time was like, Power couple. Yeah. When they got a divorce, I said, "Oh no, nah. it yeah, ain't it no feel way." Like, it felt like when you say it that, remind no me way. like the Rizzo of Oz when you saw the, when she got to the Oz mm -hmm. and then they talked behind the curtains like, "What?" what? Yeah, this blows your mind. Said, "Ain't no way." So I had to. You got to fight through that. So it's like I've had to unlearn. I'm still unlearning things. Like I'm not even aware of some of the things that I do or the, the way that I think is something I learned from my past. Like your past affects. The way that you interact with your life now, like life experiences, like your friend, you know, mm -hmm. already internalized years ago how she felt about herself and she put that out on you. So it's like, you can't take that stuff personal. So if a woman don't don't love you or if a man don't love you, don't think you're not lovable. It's, it's not like you don't take it personal. That's why I just so upset with myself that I'm one of those girls like... I want a hood dude, da da da. You yeah. want a hood dude? You want yeah, I like, I, you, you know, I you wanted a soldier. <laughs> Whatever. But like, I grew up in Detroit, so I don't, I want a guy who grew up in the hood. That's just how I am. But not once that I had to take in consideration that somebody who grew up in the, the hood may, may look at love a certain way, may look at relationship a certain way, may mm -hmm. conduct their life, and that's going to take a toll on me. So I was just like, dog, like, I'm really irritated that I'm. Just one of those women who won't just go after the guy who's already established. You get what I'm saying? Or who had this like tight knit family? They all were sitting at the table and eating dinner. I just, I just don't find myself attracted to. It. Even though I think it's a wonderful thing, mm -hmm. I just want somebody who relates to something that I've been through. You know, I've talked to guys who parents always been together. So when I say things like, "Oh yeah, did I?" They be like, "What?" You know, that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to you because that wasn't your world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> see, that's what I love. Like, you always have so many gems, and I can see mm -hmm. why that make you a mentor. Did you become a mentor? Because you did you have a mentor when you was younger, or my first mentor was uh, DeAndre Carter. First, hey, first ever, DeAndre. first ever mentor. I didn't even think I knew the word mentor in high school. Mm -hmm. Like, I never, I don't even think I heard that word. But he was a judge for Mr. Black MSU because he was the first person that won. So he became your mentor sophomore year. 
No, my kind of like my freshman year because I okay. I participated in that in March of 2014. Mm -hmm. So then he when I when we did the competition, he like, you know, come here real quick or whatever. He like contact me. And because I contact him the next day, cause I'm like, somebody sees something in me and they want to talk to me. I just looked at it that way. I just would pop up at his office and then just turn it to like mentorship because I, I was hungry for somebody to take me up under their wing. And so I was privileged to have him as a mentor because he actually was a mentor. Mm -hmm. He actually was somebody that would contact you, check on you. Uh, hey, here's this video. Watch what T.D. Jake said. That helped me grow. Not one of those mentors that help that want you to reach out to them when you need yeah. something. I don't do that mentorship relationship. And I'm not that type of mentor. I'm not the type, hey, I'll contact you whenever you feel like you need help. No. I'm about to, I'm going to push you because that's what he did for me. So if you don't do that for me, I do not consider you a mentor at all. And that's why, and I can understand that because uh, I did a mentor program my sophomore year of college because mm -hmm. freshman year, like, you know, I want a mentor, you know, just like a big sister almost. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had a mentor and she was an RA as well in, in East and there's something really crazy stuff happened in East mm -hmm. neighborhood freshman year and she was just like so busy and she never really like contacted oh. me i cannot remember her name she was much older like i oh okay I, she was like a chemist because i was an ace i was i was no not my freshman year though never mind but no that was freshman year though mm -hmm. and i just remember like she never really contacted me i lost her number and i just like wow and i really felt like i would have loved to have somebody on top of me you know mm -hmm. just making sure i was good so when i had my chance to be a mentor i remember i reached out to my first mentee shout out to staria and like having a mentor really helps especially yeah. when you experience not having really one mm -hmm. to having one so right but what did you feel like you gained from having deandre as a mentor and how did that inspire you to become a mentor um i think i was more inspired to become a mentor through being an ra like having all these girls on your floor who just was like willing to run to your room because mm -hmm. i mean it was like from what resource should I go to from girl let me tell you what happened with this or whatever and I just absolutely loved it that's where I got the inspiration from not necessarily him being my mentor but um him being my mentor was more of a having somebody I could relate to because DeAndre speaks you know mm -hmm. and he he was looking beyond the university. You have advisors who can turn into mentors and stuff like that. But a lot of times when you meet people at your university, administration are thinking in the university paradigm. Yes. DeAndre knew the, the university, but he's seen entrepreneurship. He's seen millions of dollars. He's he saw like, beyond. He it. saw beyond that. And I needed somebody. To this day, it's really hard to see somebody because... To me, this is not to take away from anybody who wants to be a PhD student, but to me, I still want to look beyond being, you know, going back to school, uh, going back to get my master's or whatever, because I'm, one, in my field, going back to your master's is to just get higher pay, maybe 15000 more. I said, look, y'all offering me 75000 a year, and I'm trying to make 75000 in a day. You get what I'm saying? Or seventy five thousand yeah. a month. So me, I'm when you tell me that I'm looking beyond you because you and not it's nothing wrong with it. Nothing it's nothing wrong. wrong. People do that. It's absolutely nothing wrong. But they Shanae blades. My mission statement says I'm going back to my mission statement. That's yes. what I'm looking at. And I feel like yeah. that's so difficult to stay true to yourself, mm -hmm. especially you know other people means well, but just like you know, they mean you. very well. And it's just like I, you know, I have family member that <clears> want to go to grad school. And I support her, and mm -hmm. I love that you're doing it. That's something you want to do. And somebody asked me, "Do you want to go?" No. I love school. I wait, I love look, 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 look. I'm waiting for honorary. So when y'all give me my honorary PhD, that's what I'll be waiting on. So. Yes. And it's just like, you know, and I feel like I never, ever want to do something where I feel like 
No. And I feel yeah. like, and I tell myself, like, if I can write a sentence of why I want to go, why I want to do something, mm -hmm. then I shouldn't be doing it. Because it's, it's going to make it even harder. It makes it even harder when you don't have no, no soap. It's the same thing with corporate. When, mm -hmm. That's what I learned. Like, when I didn't find the work meaningful. And that's not just me. A, a lot of times they say millennials. We, we like to do meaningful work because that's just, we don't want to be at work 